Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. again welcome to another edition of spin the rally pod i'm lisa o'sullivan your host and rally fan here to keep former motorsport team boss george donaldson dirtfish's voice of rally colin clark and our esteemed wordsmith dirtfish senior staff writer david evans in order but i have to start this edition with a massive confession when we recorded this for no good reason i decided to bore on about the morning stroke day that I had had. It was really dull, even by our standards. So I've decided to spare you all that agony and we'll rejoin about five minutes in when we started getting to the good stuff. I don't do Stilton much these days. Um, my wife used to like it, but she went dead. She went milk, protein, allergy-ish. So... She can't have cheese. I um, suspect we are establishing a record getting so far into the podcast without talking about rallying. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, so my point well. about my day, my point about which what did involve a trip to the supermarket as well, is that I really need to talk about what's happening in the world of rallying. Apart from the fact, the one really good thing about the day is the sun's come out. It's beautiful blue skies. And it reminded me of those lovely kind of snow filled, if you're going skiing kind of days, white clouds that are almost difficult to look at because the sun's shining on them so brightly and the mm. sky that colour blue when it's really, really cold, even though it wasn't really cold. And I thought, oh, the Arctic rally is going to be incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Because the word not underused it in is, this case. But, there we are. But it might not quite be like that, least. You know, I was there, I was fortunate to be there a week before last. Uh, and it was exactly as you've just described. It was beautiful, clear blue skies, sun was out, that amazing sort of light that you get in that part of the world at this time of year. Do you know, they're forecasting some more snow though for next week, so we could see a little bit of cloud uh, oh, during the, the course of the rally. That could be really quite interesting. Not for Sebastian Roger, it couldn't. It's a disaster for him. It's First a total disaster if, if it comes down. Because are we, interested, are we interested in the forecast for uh, Rovaniemi for the next? Oh, uh, come it, on, George. Point, come 10 on. Days, ten take, days. Take ahead, me Georgie. back to the past. Give me your George Donaldson weather it update. Is snowing today, not very much. Partially sunshine. Um, same tomorrow. It's minus twenty-three, minus fifteen today. Minus sixteen, minus twelve tomorrow. Saturday, minus twenty, minus fourteen again. A tiny, a little bit more snow on Saturday, but only one point one. This Celsius. Celsius, yes. Celsius, yeah. yeah it's Finland, <laughs> Finland. Sunday, minus 18, minus 16. Tiny little bit of snow. A little bit more snow on Monday, minus 20, minus 16. Tuesday, much the same temperature again. A little bit of snow. A little bit more snow on Wednesday. Um, uh, we're looking at uh, probably 1.8 millimetre of rainfall. That equates to about 25 
25 to 30 millimetres of of uh, snow, depending on what type of snow it is. Friday, Saturday and Sunday week are looking gorgeous. Minus 8, minus 4, minus 10, minus 5. That's and mild. Sunday, minus 3, minus 9. It's not mild to the point of melting, but at least you won't actually die of cold, Colin. This is no, important no, no, no. to all our listeners. It is important. It's really important, particularly for me. But um, it's a little bit frustrating for me, Cole, just to jump in there because you told me I had to buy some new boots, and I've just bought some. <laughs> Did new you buy boots. them? Yes, and it cost a fortune, and it's clearly not <laughs> going to be gold. David, have you tried them on, David? Not yet. Not Try yet. them on because they they need a little bit of wearing in because they're very tight across the toes to start off with. Well, I'm not going to wear them around the house, am I? Advice for you, David. The mm. point is the point is that the ground you're standing on is not the air temperature, so the ground That's very will good be point, George. The, the the lower Chilling. end of that. It'll be down. It'll be down about minus twenty. The ground you're standing on. That's a very so good point. It was good advice then, George, for David to buy new boots. <laughs> it was great advice, Colin. And I, I so. hope he bought them from somewhere suitably cheap and horrible because your advice in terms of snow boots has got to be. Like eight ninety nine from the from a George a twenty four George hour George shop. George Tell you'd me. be proud of me you'd be proud of I'm, me I actually I'm went and spent some money I went and spent some money on a proper pair of snow boots that were a hundred pounds I mean that's probably actually quite cheap by snow boot standards but for me it was a wrench I have did to say you, I, I well, thought long be, and hard yeah, about it yeah. did, did did you buy them in Finland or did you buy them in, in no no in... I bought them before I went last time and I have to say you know Hakey our cameraman and myself we stood out. Stage side for five days in never mind minus twenty. It was minus twenty eight for the last two mornings that we were out there. That is, and that is starting to get deadly, isn't it? it? It is starting to get deadly, and I did dig a snow hole a couple of times just to keep the wind off me. But the one thing that really never bothered me was my feet. My feet were absolutely toasty the whole time I was out there. So, David, don't worry about it. Your feet will be good. That's the first thing that I was taught in journalism was to make sure that you've got a decent pair of comfortable warm shoes and something to keep your head warm because you're going to be standing outside mm. waiting a lot and it's the, it is the one thing that I never skimp on is a decent pair of warm Gore-Tex lined hopefully soles preferably should mm. I say soles because cold feet and and you're you're rotten you're misery to be around get, get Cole, Cole, do you have cold feet quite a lot Cole? all the time David <laughs> you're always wearing sandals aren't you <laughs> These, these Gore-Tex linings, I've never had anything Gore-Tex lined that didn't leak like a, sl- a sieve, including boots. I just stay away from anything. It says Gore-Tex on it, walk away. They're too hot and they leak. Rubbish. Uh, well, I've never had a problem with in mine, my, thank in my you very experience, much. I mean, maybe I've not bought the most expensive one. So, Timberland, it's a nice Timberland, love it. So we've now anyway. insulted America and Gore-Tex. We, we do yeah. quite well. But, well, Gore-Tex, but we was that not a Scottish? Running. That was a Scottish development, wasn't it? So we've only Glasgow insulted company. Scotland. Yeah. Glasgow Company, yeah, yeah, there Glasgow you go. Company. I thought it was Livingston. Really? There you go. Okay. Yeah. Livingston, Livingston I think. Right, back, should, we, should we move on? So, so, back to, so not good for Sebastian Ogier if it snows. No, but I think crucially, George, the, but it, the point is there, isn't it? They, if they recce Wednesday, Thursday, you know, yeah. they, they really, they kind of need no snow at all from the time that they recce that long first stage to the time they start it because if they get a lot of snow after they've recced it then they have to plow it that can it can make small a small change to the notes can it it, it can it's I mean, if it's to be honest if it's a, a small i mean it, it is a seven day forecast i mean it's 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 accuracy is pretty, pretty yeah. ballpark shall we say but let's just say that we're going to get 30 or 40 millimetres of snow and it's seven seven knot breeze 
So there's going to be drifts. It'll drift up to a foot deep here and there. You know, so a foot 300, 400 mil here and there. It can do across corners and things and across the <coughs> the ruts that the cars have made from the recce. <coughs> so I'm sort of I'm, I'm thinking, okay, the organizer sends the plough through. Everybody gets informed, but we're not talking major changes in the road. That level of snow, the plough's going to go through and very accurately do his do his damnedest to stay on the route. You know, mm, he'll, yeah. he'll he'll just I, be ploughing the route. So I don't think I I am hopeful and and I'm determined that that the first car on the road, Sebastian Ogier, uh, 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 my absolute hero, will not be. And I really hope this is the case. Will not be um, not be handicapped by being first he's on the road. Although, he's ultimately, stuffed, there's always, he is there's always a little I'm bit. telling you, he's stuffed. Tell us he's about well, that first stage. Then it's, it a, it's a long first stage. It is a long. It is, a long, but it's only going to do it once, Cole. You know, at the end yeah, of the day, but, he does it once, and then the whole field's been through, and then he's into it a second time. Which it's. I mean, it can be worse. There's a couple of things there that, that are worth picking up on. George mentions the snowplow and the snowplow trying to keep to the uh, the contours of the road. Um, that will happen because we've got really, really good snowbanks on most of the stages. So the snowplow won't have much of a choice other than to stick between the lines. So that that's not so much going to be an issue. But the big issue is the type of surface we've got here. It is not thick, thick ice. What what happens in Sweden is you get early winter time, you get the the, the yeah, snow. The ice, the thaw, ice is the nicer snow, to drive on than the snow. Yeah, yeah. Well, the ice it's is gonna... better to drive on, but we don't have that. We've got you know really. It's relatively, it's compacted, but it's relatively loose snow because these roads are not massively used. Some of them are. The ones in the military area might be a little bit more compacted. So that might help Ogier. But I genuinely think that, you know, whether it snows or not, Ogier has got one heck of a challenge on his hands. What might save him? What might save him? Here's a question. David, what might save him? Very quickly, I'm going to tell you, but you, you give me your guess. What might save Ogier on the first day, stroke night? The, well, the first stage I can tell you, Colt, from talking to Kai Takiainen, uh, is that the first stage is a very fast one. It's the stage which is most similar to Evascular. So on that's that, not going to save him. That it is can, not going but to it save can, him. But it can, of Wait. course, it can because if you've got well, less junctions, do. you've got less yeah. limited yes. reach areas of braking and acceleration. So you're going to lose something loose. bigger. There's something bigger that we have to consider. George, you're a man who's been to the Arctic to uh, to yep. rally. What might save him? Ah, the snow wind. dust. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. The snow oh. dust in the past has been a massive issue. Thank, uh, you, for, thank you for letting right. me make my input, snow dust. It has been a massive yeah. issue, and whether or not it'll be enough of a compensation, the fact that Ogier on both runs will have uh, clear vision, whether that is going to compensate for the fact that there's no question he will be effectively cleaning, ploughing. I don't know. I don't know, George. What would you? You're the man that's driven up there. Is it, it going to make that much of a it, difference? It, 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 the snow dust certainly can, and I mean the snow dust can hang there even before the first car. Uh, minus eight, minus four. So let's say Friday morning is going to be. Is it the first stage on Friday, or is it Saturday, or is it is it Thursday? Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon. So yeah, we're, we're talking only four degrees. Um, that might be warm enough to allow some of the moisture to to um, to to to. Um, so sort of leak back out the absorb into the atmosphere. Whether that makes it worse or better, I'm absolutely not sure. The technicalities of it, I don't know. But you won't get that crystalline stuff so much in the air, which is is the one that really can hang and build. So I'm not sure. Yeah. It is actually saying it is actually saying a wee breeze here. Um, that now, would help. It, yeah, it's saying seven knots. 
So mm. you know that's that's a that's a, a light breeze. So but yeah, just maybe just to go back to the to the grip aspect uh, of what we were talking about there, the the fact that we don't have that solid ice base, and that's simply because there isn't the the rising and falling going above and below the the point of freezing mm-hmm. is there so you know well, you need it, you need to go to sort of two or three yeah. degrees above then you get that f- the, the 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 thaw yeah. and then that refreezes but, and packs hard into ice we don't have that so the big question was would they ice the roads because oof. from from what you saw Cole, and what i've spoken to all of the drivers they all came away from their test with differing opinions because some of the drivers really? tested on ice roads roads that have been watered with the big water bowser which which provide a fantastic base. Uh, so I asked Kai again, Clark at a course. You know, would they ice these roads? And he said, No, we won't, because the the teams don't want the the road icing. It provides a very different kind of grip, apparently. Uh, and well, he massive, said, massive difference. They're yeah. they're very confident uh, that because my concern was that they could damage the roads. Mm. Uh, and and Kai said no. You know it is sufficiently cold that around the gravel of the road there is an awful lot of moisture. And he said, you know, while we might pull out some some bits of gravel, we won't get down to start damaging mm. the roads, um, the sort mm. of foundation of the road, if you like. So mm. it it is interesting it was- that it will look. Mm. Sorry to bang on a bit here, but it will look quite it look quite bad because you know once the full field have gone through, you will get these tram lines of gravel coming oh. through. But there will still David, be it won't, really won't even good- be the full. It won't even be the full. Full field, David. Uh, you know, on, on certainly on Ogier's test, uh, I assumed because we got there about nine thirty in the morning, um, and when I eventually got the chance to have a very quick word with him, I said, "Have you guys been here since eight o'clock? It looks like you've done seven or eight runs from the, the state of the road, and as you say, the gravel that was appearing." And he said, "No, we've only been up twice." Yeah. So, yeah. so it, it, but, it really did come through with these new with the World Rally Cars. It came through very, very quickly. But it won't be a problem, you know. They would, no. and for sure, you know, the one thing that the Pirelli tire does incredibly well is it'll retain its studs. You know, this vulcanization vulcanization mm. process that they've got of bonding the stud into the tire, uh, mm. it, it is incredible. And you know, they've got a seven mil protrusion, uh, which which will give them a stack absolute stack load of grip i mean george you can tell us what what is it like to drive on those tires just unbelievable absolutely and it's like in a, in a two-wheel drive it's like having four-wheel drive it, the traction mm. is so phenomenal and you had and had I, the really I, narrow ones yeah. george as well the one yeah four, we, had the, we had the we had the narrows the yeah literally literally about uh, 60 65 millimeters across uh, across the tread um, and, and Which is a, there would be a row of four, four or five spikes in that little that little area. They were just amazing. But that's all he so needed, though, wasn't it? Because that you know that it concentrates so much of the weight into yep. those studs, doesn't it? <clears throat> that it just you know the the grip is is quite phenomenal. It is, and the way the car moves on that tire allows a lot of movement. So what it does is it it promotes the it promotes the grip. So when the car gets a little bump or you make another input, whilst the car will to go very sideways the car will go sideways on the tire but the, the, the that the tire is quite soft and it doesn't mm. it doesn't occasion a quick breakaway so the studs left in the road it doesn't get dragged across the tire will flex so the car will move above the tire and letting the tire grip and not break away whereas the stiffer tire when when you get that big input the, it, it jerks the, the tire it breaks the traction if you like there's an element of that. I might be, I might be overplaying it a little bit, but it's kind of how it was described to me by tire people many but years it's, ago. It, it's, it's also an issue. What it feels like. 
it's also an issue though isn't it that if there is quite a lot of fresh snow on the surface then you know the the, the tire that the stud isn't going to bite down into anything really you know no, 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 would you're, just better sit off, on... you're better off with gravel i mean if you know gra- gravel will give you grip but it's very yeah. very hard on the studs but as, as we know that the the pirelli won't lose its studs but they do get they get banged about and broken and and mm. uh, they start to flex within the tire but they'll stay in it so you'll always get traction it just won't be premium do you get do you get any is there any kind of compound grip in the in the tire, George, or not at all? Yeah, the 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 tire is primarily designed, in the past at least, to 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 hold the stud and to keep the stud rigid in the tire. Mm. So it's quite a hard compound. You're not looking for anything more than that. The stud must be, I would have I would have guessed ninety five percent of the grip. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Literally, because the you know the, the the rubber's never on the road. If it's ice, the rubber's never on the road. Yeah. Um, it, the, the 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 obviously the tread's very open and and it's, it's, it it basically is just a square square knobbles on the tire like a like a a, a trials bike tire yeah. almost a little bit more open than that, and it's designed to clear the snow. Obviously, if it's spinning up above the above the snow and not got down to the ice. It will spin up and it'll clear. I mean, it'll, it'll be very, very effective at clearing it. Oh, yeah. But George, as for, can I can ask as a for having a lovely soft that? compound to, to get grip on ice or snow? No, not, not that, not that no. tire. No. Can I ask a technical not. question about yes. that? Seeing as the, the drivers like to heat cycle when they're obviously on tarmac and and driving not mm-hmm. on snow and stuff like that. How do they warm up the tires? You don't. Even though you try, you don't, you they try do and keep, keep them, them as cold as possible. Well, you used to try and keep them as cold as possible. So when you were running on these studded tyres you, and you were driving down a road section, you drove it on the edge of the road. You tried to keep them on the snow and the ice, partly to stop them wearing away and lose studs and just break them and get them loose, but also to keep the tyres cold. And all the tyres on the service vehicles were always kept on the roof, so mm. minus 20 and the tyres were put onto the car, lovely and stiff, and the studs would stay in it. But <laughs> that technology has been superseded now by the, you know, obviously the Pirelli mastered this, vulcanising the, the studs in, uh, but where, it, it's, where it's much better. There used to be two lengths of stud as well, didn't there? I remember when I started, you always mm. had the narrower tyre, but you could have a an ice stud. Which well, was... that was more in Monte Carlo, uh, but was you it? did get you did get you you got ice studs and, and snow snow studs for uh, snow tires for for Sweden as well, depending on the year you did. But they were always based on the they were always based on the narrow tire. Um, you did get shorter studs. So if it's, um, I guess if it's uh, really really quick ice, maybe you maybe you want a shorter stud. I don't know for more stability. Maybe that worked. Yeah. To be honest, I can't. I, I, I'm not familiar with the mechanisms that would be at work there, so I'm not going to try and. I'm not going to try and do a, an expert <laughs> comment on something that I really don't know enough about there. That detail, but yes, there was a difference. Do you know? Do you know what I think is going to be interesting? And I might have mentioned this in one of our previous podcasts. Is that Hyundai and Toyota tested on two very different sorts of roads? Uh, you know, the road that Hyundai tested on was more or less an ice base because it had been watered. The road that, or the roads that Toyota tested on, uh, were just as we might expect in the rally. They hadn't been watered; they'd just been uh, they developed naturally, if you like. Um, so Oops. I think that could be quite could, could make quite a big difference in terms of, you know, I, I think that, you know, the drivers will very very quickly determine what the road surface is like, and they will adapt. Uh, but what we certainly saw in the test was your know, drivers making mistakes. You know, a number of drivers having offs. 
so it, it could be quite an interesting opening stage, couldn't it? You know, while drivers find find where well, that level of grip I, is, find I, I, you know, I would how far suggest, they can push it. Colin, from what you're saying is, you know, you know, we've seen it in the past where people have done you know extensive pre-event tests, blah 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 blah. They come out on the the first stage. We've seen it many times with Thierry Neuville, uh, particularly. Mm-hmm. Who comes out and says, "Oh, this, you know, the the the, the car is set up completely wrong. Our test road wasn't right, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Uh, you know, not not singling out Terry. Many drivers have said that to us in the past. Um, the Terry is very, very good at solving those problems. That's where he's the master. He'll come out with a car that's an absolute pig of a thing to drive, and by lunchtime on the first day, he's fastest car in the rally. You know, or or after lunch, should I say, he's brilliant at doing that. But that will, as you say, first stage, it's going to be a teller. If we've got two two major teams that have tested in entirely different roads on entirely different surfaces and the rally is not icing the roads, that could that could be very key. It depends on, on how much uh, latitude there is in the car setup, how how mm. finely tuned it is. Normally you very. Know what? I, I, I think this, for me, it's, it's, it's why I'm getting so excited about this rally. There are so many factors playing into it. There are so many unpredictable factors, almost unknowns. It's unusual, isn't it, to go to any event these days and and have that amount of uncertainty. Um, you know, drivers who don't know the roads, we're not sure about the conditions, we're not sure necessarily how the aero's going to work, how the engine's going to work. Uh, Colin, sure I think the- we can be sure on a lot of that. The aero will work tre- no. tremendously well. The engine will work better than ever in those Cooler well, and, and the aero will work. Yeah, the aero will work better well, than ever. We're do, told. Do you remember? Yeah. Again, do you remember you know, the? Uh, do you remember the the Austin metros when they went to Sweden for the first time? <laughs> they had these fabulous deep spoilers. Oh yeah, the snow over the top of the car. Yeah, and you remember the mistake that uh, ProDrive made with one of the additions. Yeah. I say a mistake. The uh, design feature of the car. It's Finland. Uh, well, yeah. where, where they got the they got the the dust coming up through the the cooling package. It's fantastically yeah. efficient cooling package for a race car. It just didn't work on a rally car that was driving on a gravel road. Oh, and it was the Mini. They did it with the Mini as well. Remember the Mini in the, Finland, David. Did they yeah. make a mistake um, with the Mini the too? Mini in Finland. Yeah, the same on, with on the, the second Subaru. There's great photographs of the Subaru just sucking in dust and blowing yeah. straight well, out in the windscreen, rendering the driver completely and absolutely blind. Wow. But it, nope. it is fair to say, though, that the, the grip, the consistency of the grip, okay, the, the the road could evolve with more snow or what have you, but the grip should be there. You know, we should have good... Yes. When you look at what we had last year in, in Sweden, uh, and I don't want this to turn into a sort of Sweden bashing uh, at all, but it was just, I mean, it was so random, wasn't it? When you went from corner to corner, you didn't know if you were going to have deep mud, deep ruts, solid ice, a bit of snow, rain, you know, it was all over the place. Uh, but here, who, who, who was it that had that incredible spin on the shakedown last year in Sweden? Tamu Sunnan. Tamu, yeah, my goodness, that was it was it two three sixties, I think seven twenties. It was, down, yeah, it was, it was a monster. It was, it was it? pretty special. It looked like but, sixth but, gear. Yeah, that knocked him for the whole rally. But David, when I when I talk about inconsistencies and un- unknowns with downforce with with aero. What we're led to believe is that if we get really cold temperatures, there is a greater aerodynamic effect, Mm. uh, which which potentially, you know, it's it's how far do you push it? How much do you trust that? How much do you trust? Okay, someone's telling me it's minus 25 degrees. That means I've got an extra 10 or 15% downforce. Am I willing to keep my foot in on that corner where normally I would lift? It's, it's all to do with feel, Colin. The, the drivers yeah. get the feel. They can feel it straight away. I mean, the, 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 all these top drivers just have this innate ability to just understand what the car is giving to them. Yeah. 
Mm. And, and they, 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 you know, some can feel it out more quickly than others. Uh, but, but you know, obviously, I think the Octanax and the and the Sebastian Ogiers with the, their experience, they're able to get right there straight away. The other but, guys aren't far behind at all. But also, George, it does show that you know you need that feedback from the car and the confidence in the car because remember Chris Meek, you know, a few years ago with that with that awful Citroen uh, that mm. clearly you know it had it had the aero and it had. The, the right parts on it, but there was no confidence in the car mm. at all, was there? And it just, you know, it just didn't work. Um, but it, I think very disappointing it, for Citroen that was. You, yeah. You're dead right, though, George, that it is the feel, uh, and it, it's about yeah. the drivers that are going to find that feeling quickest. Uh, and you know, for me, Ogier is is a brilliant, brilliant driver, but he's never been at his absolute best um, in Sweden. Uh, although that's usually when we get the really rutted roads. Uh, and he he's not a driver that likes the car moving around a lot mm. in the ruts. Yeah. Um, but it, it is horrible. I've I've driven down those rutted roads when they were literally like chariot tracks. You know they were mm. they they must have been you know two hundred and fifty millimeters deep. The car is just scraping the entire time. You're on these nice narrow tires and and you're getting kicked around. You're going down it. It's genuinely like being on a little train track, and yeah. you're turning into yeah. these incredibly fast corners. And the car's banging around, literally like a toboggan track, but, but just remember, with the George, wheels. It's just horrendous yeah. feeling, but you just got to go for it. And you commit you do. and you do it and you don't lift. So you get a, there's you a remember, huge amount of mechanical remember, grip from that. Ogier's problem in Sweden for many years was, you know, he tended to be opening the road on the open yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was probably lunchtime. Brilliant. So that, yeah. that was an issue. That was an issue. But then the bigger issue was the second pass, but because between the first and second passes, they had the classic rally. The classics were all running on those narrow, narrow tires that you keep talking about mm. and reminding us of, George. Destroying um, the road, And, and yeah. they, they just, they, create, they created completely different lines with different ruts, with deep ruts, that Ogier then, first on the road on the second pass, had to deal with again. Mm. And David, you're so right. He, he just he never seemed happy in Sweden. He never seemed happy. And, you know, you, you look back and you think, he, he was justifiably not happy with some of it. Mm. Um, but but, uh, but but also, he's, he's a different man. He is a different man. And he's at, he's at a different stage in his career. You know, you look at, for me, the guy who we have to almost make favorite for this event which is it's quite a remarkable thing to say is Cali Rovenpera because mm. he has great experience of driving that car in the snow he's done a lot of testing he's been and you know he has an innate understanding of driving in the snow and understanding how the snow can give you different grip and different conditions and blah mm. blah blah but beyond all of that you know he's a 20 year old that will just fire the thing down the road you know without too much concern whereas you know Ogier is at the tail end of his career um, and by you know we see this quite regularly in Finland by a driver's own admission, you know they're not quite so willing to take the big risks um, as they were right at the at the top of their time. Uh, and for me, that's another reason why we we've got to look to Calais as, as one of the absolute favourites. Won the Rally Lapland last year, of course, in twenty uh, January, wasn't it? He did, and he did. He did. And this is the other thing as well that he won that rally uh, with some stage times average speeds that were up in 140 kilometers an hour you know so 141 kilometers an hour one of his average speeds yeah so so we could we could have the youngest ever winner of a wrc round by two and a half years from yari matty latvala but also we could have potentially the fastest ever round of a wrc to beat meek in 16 in finland when he averaged 126 
Yeah, I think that's very possible. And I think I think you're absolutely bang on to uh, highlight Robin Perez's chances, David, because you know, clearly everything, totally agree with everything you say, but he's also got potentially a really, really good starting position. Yeah. You know, I talked to Christian Solberg, uh, and you can hear that podcast. I'm sure you may have already heard it. Uh, and we talked, Christian Solberg's done that rally eight times. He's won it uh, in the past as well. And I asked him, you know, if you could choose, where would you start? He said fourth on the road, fourth or fifth on the road. Mm. So, you know, I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult to tell because there are these factors with the dust and all the rest. But he reckons mm. fourth or fifth on the road. Where is Robin Perra? Fourth on the fourth road. Fourth on the it? road. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I, I think Robin Perra is, is absolutely... Has to be, has to be one of the favourites. Well, well, can I can I chuck in the fact of driving in reduced light as well because we are obviously on the Arctic Circle, so daylight is the, the sun's not high in the sky. It's not going to be um, brilliant sunshine, and there is something about understanding the way that light hits snow. Um, mm-hmm. As a skier, I know because I don't know how it does, and I fall over a lot because <laughs> you being able being able to read whether it's a bump in the road or just a shadow or stuff like that will affect how fast you go. It will, nope. and, and there's no nope. doubt. I'll just be going flat out. They haven't got time to judge <laughs> that, Lisa. Sorry, it's not like it's not like skiing. I'm not, but, I'm not but, but, but it's not George but, but, but I think light, that's a reasonable light, point light, light, I think that, and, and especially if, if it's, sun, if it's a really fl- but if it's a flat light everything yeah. becomes the same and you can't necessarily I mean I've, I've driven in a whiteout before and it is when you when you can't literally can't see anything because everything is white mm-hmm. you really have to I mean you, he'll be trusting his driver uh, co-driver's notes anyway but but the low level of light could create I mean, the moon's going to be up. I was just having a little little look on the website. The moon's going to be up all day during the rally, and it's it's just it's going to be one of those that's going to have unexpected elements chucked into it, and and the light element. Do you remember when uh, Thierry Neuville went through a phase of wearing different coloured glasses for different? Oh no, it was um, Yari Massey, wasn't it? Yeah, and they'll all have them. Glasses for different. Contrast glasses. Yeah. Just con- yeah. contrast glasses, yeah. And it was yeah, Pente Rickler. Pente Rickler was one that started that. Do you remember yeah, that, George? Back, yes, I and do it, very, very clearly. Yeah. It was in the fog in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in on the RAC. But, you know, regularly we'll see Augier wearing them. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy that knows more than anybody really about skiing you know two years as a as a as a ski instructor he would understand the best way to to see in the snow i, I think glasses definitely make a difference and, and it will it will ultimately help but it it's 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 not like skiing because when like 90 percent of the commitment coming into I, the I mean, obviously is on it's the not, note obviously it's not like skiing but if i'm what yeah, i mean is that just, the, the actual uh, not snow blindness but being able mm. to understand what you're actually seeing ahead yeah. of you is very different in those kind of light conditions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as you alluded to the whiteout, that that brings us back to the first point, the the, the point that Colin made about you know what will OJ's saving grace be. So you imagine there's low light and there's a little bit of snow dust in the air. Mm. That's all. It doesn't matter what you're wearing for glasses. You're basically driving into a. A, a blanket, a wall, a wall, a wall of not, white. Not quite. Oh. It'll, there'll be some visibility, but very little. That will be a but, factor, and, it, and, I, and that I think that could very much uh, swing into into Seb's uh, favour or, or a saving what, grace for him. Uh, George, what what, what Christian said? Yeah. What Christian said was, you know, with this snow dust, is you can go for 
you know, four or five kilometers is nothing. All of a sudden, you come around yep. the corner, and, and he described it as a wall. Yep. He said it's just yep. there, and you 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 have to absolutely trust your notes. Yep. Um, otherwise, you're going to lose bucket loads of time if you lift off every time mm. you hit this, and it might only be for fifty or sixty meters apparently, and then mm. it clears again, and That's you're right. off. Yep. You're off again. Mm. So. I, I do they get the same cold fear that all of the rest of us get when you go into driving conditions like that? That whole moment of, do I break? Do I keep going? I mean, the, the normal people, no, we have that cold fear and your palms go hot and cold uh, at no. the same time. And yeah. the, 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 the likes of Ogier and Tanak and, and, and any driver that's got, that, that, that have their moxie about them, just see opportunity. <laughs> this is going to screw everyone else up. Look at look at Richard. Look at Richard Burns in the fog. He just saw yeah. fog. Him and him and Robert Reed just saw opportunity. Thank mm. you very much. Let's pass Can a you... few of our WRC rivals in the stage, catching one and two minutes on a driver in the stage, and then they can't even follow your tail lights. You know, how cool but is that? I... I did. I asked a little bit about this uh, before Monty Lease about you know that that feeling of of when we're driving down a road, and you know you touch some black ice and you feel the car go from under you, uh, and I said to you know that it makes our, our tummies turn uh, when that sort of thing happens. It is genuinely terrifying, and I said to some of the drivers, you know, do you get that feeling when you're on the wrong tire and you go into that first corner? And they said, no, <laughs> we're too busy trying to sort it out. You know, you, yeah, you don't yeah. have time to think about it. Um, but just to come back to the to the light issue, the second run of that 31K stage, which is 18 miles, uh, will be, it's 18.38 and sunset is 17.15. So that will be full, full dark. dark. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It, it, no. Here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing out there is that there's a very long dusk and a very long dusk. And as we all know, that dusk period is the worst period to be mm. driving in. You either want light or you want full dark. Mm. That horrible in-between period, and we all know it from driving on the roads, where things are all just very, very indiscernible in that dusk period before the lights are working properly. Mm. Um, so will it be full dark? Uh, what time did you say it goes, it's, the sun sets, David? Uh, sun sets 17.15 and the stage is 18.38. Uh, well, I, well, I, I don't think it will be. But I, I so, think for the first one or two, it could be a little tricky. No, the 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 the, the, the uh, twilight and 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 pre pre light dawn, very very long, can can be hours. Uh, mm. Exactly. And when do you longer than daylight? When do you go full lights? You know you that full weird lights time in, is in Britain. In Britain, you'll go full lights uh, within like like say at this time of year when you when you see when you see uh, what what is officially nightfall. Your your lights will be on hundred percent. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, no one will But what I mean is, it's that moment where that time where you change and you think, well, actually, I can see better without them at the minute. Yeah. And then you have to yeah. kind of adjust, don't you, to to switch them yeah. on, and you're yeah. seeing the wrong things for a while until you. Yeah. But I in. I noticed that the the organisers have set the the final stage of of Friday and Saturday is both stages start at eighteen thirty eight. So I do think. They probably yeah. know it's going to be dark. Uh, probably yeah, dark. Probably, Same for everybody. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no yeah, advantage. Yeah, that would make sense. That, that's the key. Mm. Yeah. The um, anyway, but all the drivers, guys, all the drivers lucky, can employ. Lucky. They can all employ their tentacles of perception. Exactly. All of them. Exactly. Well, I was wondering. I was just wondering when you were talking about the tire studs and describing how the tires moved. I was thinking they're acting like suckers 
on your tentacles, tentacles of perception. Yeah. They're like little suckers well, holding you, but not, yeah. not, not, not falling off. Suckers. Like little yeah. suckers. <laughs> it was suckers sucker, that you said, Lisa. Do you, yeah, okay. do, you, do you want to hear an interesting fact about the first stage on oh, yes. Saturday? Mustalampe. Uh, it goes, yes, it goes okay. across. It goes across a swamp, and there isn't there isn't a road across the swamp. It is just a frozen swamp. Uh, it's an ice road. Yes, I saw that. So that will be icy, but then I mean, to get, again, it depends underneath. on how much snow. If there's been <laughs> if there's been meters of snow, that just compacts down a little bit, but it stays relatively soft because as, as as you've all pointed out, it never gets above freezing once it starts. So um, the um, so it's interesting. Interesting. We've, we've discussed then, we've discussed clearly the conditions and the challenges. Uh, what about our, you know, uh, who's going to win, basically? What about... I already told you that. Go well? No, you, well, you've not. You've said Rovan Perra, but, but there's lots of others that you have to consider. You have to consider Craig Breen. You know, his starting position could be magnificent. It could be terrible. What Tanak's start position must be amazing. Tanak's start yeah. position is, is remarkably good. Oliver Solberg, what can he do? You know, uh, Taka, Suta, what can he do? Can he get a top four or five? Again, really good experience, isn't he, Taka? On, Great on, experience. Yeah. And I tell you what, you all have to do if you haven't seen it already. Watch the onboard that he's posted today from one of his tests. It is just quite stunning, quite stunning, quite violent. And you mm. know when you watch these cars on, on a, a winter rally, so be it Rally mm. Sweden or or the Arctic Rally, you watch from the side of the road or you watch the TV coverage and it almost looks balletic at times, mm. doesn't it? Yes, You know, the it kind is. of the control. Yeah. And you watch the onboard and you mm. see how violent it is, how violent it is. And it looks the whole time as if he is absolutely on the edge, on the edge. And, and you know, big jumps, big bumps, big hits, all yeah. sorts going on in that car. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how would you kind of compute that with what you see at the side of the road, which looks beautifully smooth and balletic? Um, it's well worth watching, well, if you haven't seen it already. But in terms of a, of a setup, George, you, you, they're going to go there with with a, a grab. You know, I mean, if we looked at say Rally GB sort of setup, would it be similar to a Rally GB, or would it be more of a Rally Finland sort of setup? Or um, no, I think it would be more. It would be more like a. a Actually, I'm not, the, the cars the cars are so soft now anyway. All these mm. cars are running with springs. Even on any gravel rally, they're running on springs that are about half the strength of your road car, nominally, possibly even less. So it's all to do with the damper setups. Mm. So mm. You, you you don't want to promote... Uh, the car normally has to go a little bit higher, but, but say normally, these days with aero, they, they shy away from that and they put the car as low as possible. So uh, I'm not quite sure how that particular feature will work with the snow i would have thought you'd have to go a little bit higher but when we say a little bit higher i'm thinking you know go 40 50 mil higher they'll go higher and they'll do five. Oh yeah we've gone really high we're five millimeters higher i can't even imagine it. you'd hardly notice the difference but this is what the end when you speak to the likes of tom fowler he's fabulous he'll he'll tell you this dead straight dead serious says, yeah we're going really high we're five miles up on this rally george what and you think that's a lot yes yeah, massive you know, thinking, yeah. So, so since my day, that a lot of those things have changed. You want to keep the grip. You're like, like every every event. I think the cars are very soft on snow. I have my cars always soft for the snow. Uh, you, the, although it's nice and consistent and as balletic as as Colin says, you are trying to find traction. Soft suspension leads to traction. Compliance 
lets your tyres work. So yeah, the cars will be as soft as possible. If, if there's not a lot of bumps and not a lot of hits, that's that's a factor in it. Um, is it just to jump in there, George, is that to do with the weight transfer as well? Why does a soft car give you much better traction in in because in every time every time you hit a bump and you have hard suspension the whole car's body will get, will get pushed up and then that will drag right. the tire up and you lose traction and it's it's a very very simple equation um and, and you know you imagine that the, the wheel travel in these David. cars yeah. simple. three <laughs> 340 350 millimeters of suspension travel i believe some of these cars have now it's enormous. Mm. All of it geared around keeping that those the incredible dynamics and those fabulous shock absorbers and those that it's just beyond belief. Fabulous. I would love to go and have a, a, a good long chat with with one of the the, the engineers and, and get a better picture of it. Maybe if but you it's, guys it's like all to about rally keeping, again sometime. I'll manage that. It's just but, about yeah, keeping oil on the keeping road. Keeping that tire, keeping mm. that tire consistently on the ground giving you traction, driving you forward. It's all about that. And you can't believe it. You know, you watch a car leaving a service park when it's coming out from the gravel, maybe up onto an asphalt road really, really slowly. And you might watch a Land Rover or a a Land Cruiser or a Mercedes car coming out in front of them because it'll be a common exit and the cars are bumping around and even the Land Rovers are lifting a wee wheel and spinning. And the rally car comes out and the body doesn't move. The wheels do all the travel. The mm. dynamics of the car is amazing. So, yes, they are very soft. How much change is made from one event to the other, I suspect it's relatively small in terms of what the whole package generally does. But, yes, there will be changes. Um, and you, you, you've just got to balance that against the ter- what the, t- the terrain is doing to the car. But your but- whole purpose is to get that car smooth, smoothly running, with that wheel always on the ground. But it, but you, when we've talked earlier about that first stage, which is probably going to be one of the quickest stages um, mm. of, of the event, you know, really nice wide road, double width road, you don't really want such... You'd, you'd want a slightly stiffer car there to give you a bit more precision in the high speed. I uh, would agree with you, but but the reality is always different. They will, they will be extra soft because the car won't be taking the hits and they've got the latitude. You... And they're not they're not necessarily nice to drive. I mean, mm. it's it's maybe not the most beautiful driving experience. It will be for those guys because they're used to it and you know they're they're all about getting out to the limit. But it, yeah, a, a stiff car will be more fun to drive because it's more reactive. These cars you'll, they'll make a steering input and it'll be very very lazy. And you do hear them talking about it. Oh, I couldn't get the feeling from the car. Well, you know the feeling from the car that they're missing. Actually, that car is ninety nine percent perfect, but they need that last one percent. Yeah. You know, so. They, they will want it soft and, and it it can be very hard to drive. And I, I can recall Tommy McKinnon setting up customer cars and the customers, it was, it was a lovely fast car. It's undeniably a, a ridiculously quick car that his customers, some of them, some of them could drive it and they loved it. A lot of the drivers couldn't, especially the, the, the gentleman drivers or the lady drivers that, that weren't necessarily, you know, out for competition. They were out for fun. Uh, but, driving Tommy Mackinnon's setup is no fun to drive at all because it's all about traction and getting getting the car to go quick. It's not about how much fun it is to drive. But it, there is also an, an additional part of that equation that you want the car to feed confidence back to you and a, a softer, progressive car would give you that bit more confidence. Well, the, the, the grip gives you the, 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 the confidence. confidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, it's, and, and the drivers will look past the, the fact that the steering is a bit lazy 
I mean, mm. I'm sure they, they could make the car a lot nicer to drive, but it wouldn't be as quick. Yeah. Uh, so that they'll 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 they know that the car will grip. So they just they, it's a psychological thing. Yep, this car is set up; it will grip. They're turning into every corner on cognizance and the fact that the car is giving them the grip. So ultimately, mm. a whole car package, all the speed, all the power, all that fabulous suspension comes down to how well that tire is gripping on the ground and actually turning the car in physically. If they feel the car starting to push out, yeah, that confidence can go and it can be very hard to bring it back because there's there's not much feeling there. It's all to do with trust. So that's why they go away at lunchtime, yeah. make a whole load of tiny wee changes to the car, which the, 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 turns the whole thing around. The driver comes back out knowing that the engineers have made a difference, turns into the first few corners, ah, yeah, this is right now. And away they go. They, they lean back in on their knowledge their ability to say this car is going to turn. Whilst the feeling of it is, of course, is important, but but also they're trusting massively on their innate knowledge that the car has been designed and given to them by the engineers. It will do this. We've been to the tests. We know it will it will work. Mm. Yep. Yeah, compliance is everything. So soft, soft, soft. These cars are as soft as soft can be. We are kind of heading towards the end of the time that we allocated for this, but I do have one more thing that I wanted to ask. Um we know that the, the, the crews are going to have to carry survival kits with them because it's going to be cold. We have no fans being encouraged onto this rally. There's going to be some really lonely parts of this event to get your car broken and be waiting for someone to pick you up. Okay. Oh, the... Do you want me to start crying for them or something? <laughs> no, I, ju I just think it's, it's kind of adding to the... adding. There's a really scary oh, drama about yeah. to start on BBC called The Terror about being out in the snow on your own. Yeah. Um, and, and but, but I just think that just adds to the whole excitement of this event. Yeah. I think it does. And I think on a practical basis, at least, what it does mean with having no fans is, you know, if you plough into a snowbank, there's no one to help no. you. you know, you'll, be, you'll be digging it out yourself and... You know, think, if you're think, lucky, you I will be. I think you'll be finished at that, Colin. Correct. Right That's what I was going to say, George. Yeah. If you're lucky, you'll dig it out. The chances yeah. are that you won't dig it out. So, yeah. you know, in the past, we've seen that, okay, drivers losing a minute, minute and a half, two minutes. Uh, the fans descend on the car and they push it out, they lift it out quite often. Uh, but that's not going to happen in Rovaniemi next week. And, you know, I, I suppose it, it won't be a consideration because no driver ever plans to go into a snowbank. No. But, you know, if it does happen, if it does happen, well, uh, you know, it, it could be far more telling than it would normally be. I, I do remember that. One of those snowbanks that gives way underneath instead of... No, these, these, the these are going to be solid ones, I think, Lisa. Oh, they're proper ones. Yeah, but I, I do it remember might, that. It, but you, the, you hit a snowbank. You, listen, you hit a snowbank at anything, any any speed and you plough the front end into it, you know, okay, if you're going around the corner, it may ping off. But mm. uh, there were a couple of incidences when we were on the tests where you, know, you, you went well in. You were uh, the front of the car, the front axle was, was deep in snow uh, mm. and had to be, mm. the car had to be pulled out. So <laughs> even although they're solid, you hit it the wrong way, you come into a corner too fast and you have to go straight on, uh, you're in trouble. You're in big, big trouble. I mm. remember Thomas Rodstrom, uh, I think he maybe had Denny Giraudet in the car with him at that point. On a rally, it was a Toyota. I think it was Denny and, and Thomas. They went off absolutely flat in sixth gear over a series of crests. They just they, they, they jumped on one of the crests, didn't expect to, and the car just dived straight off the road. And Denny absolutely thought he, he was going to die. And uh, the car just went into the snow and it stopped in two car lengths. Mm. Uh, mm. They got dug out. I, think, I don't think they got dug out straight away. The car was fairly deep in. There wasn't any damage on the car. There wasn't even a broken grill. The spoiler on the front wasn't even broken. So a hundred and 
uh, maybe 180, 190, maybe 200 kph to zero in two car lengths. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking 10, 10, 12 metres. Then he said it was incredible. (laughs) He said it it just, it was a total non-event. Driving into an airbag, aren't you? Basically, fabulous. But But, but, there could be a lucky, there could be a rock in there. You know, and that, that'd George, be a different story. A rock or, or, or mm. even a, a tree stump. Tree, there are yeah, lots and lots of yeah. tree stumps. We saw Sheikh Khaled doing that in Sweden a few years ago. Mm. Um, he, he a massive tree stump that was hidden. But <laughs> I don't know if any of you saw the the, uh, the rally in Estonia at the weekend. Obviously, the two Hyundais <laughs> were involved in. Did you see what Gryazen did to his car? George, you know what it's like at stage ends on, on Rally Sweden? You rarely see... Big damage, really, because because of what we've just talked about. Yes. Um, you know, the snow acts as, a, as, as an airbag and you don't get too much damage. Gryazen's car, Gryazen's VW Polo was turned into a VW Up. He absolutely <laughs> oh destroyed it. Did you see that? Did backwards see into something, was he? Backwards <laughs> in, was he? He, he was he was backwards. He was forwards. He was oh, arse over tit. He was all. Can I say that? <laughs> Beep that, maybe least. He was he was end over end. He was end over Base end. Base over apex. It, it was, <laughs> it, it, yeah, and it, you know, it was. I looked and went, "How did you do that on a snow rally?" And then mm. I saw some very grainy footage of it, and it was a bit like the accident you've just described, George. Uh, but he went down the road. He mm. went down the road rolling. What a, uh, another oh, another really another issue as well that we we haven't discussed, which is a, a real risk in in when there's, there's fresh snow falling and, and settling on the road. Do you remember when Gwyndaf did Sweden in the Q8 Sierra Cosworth, and he rolled? And if you lose the screen uh, in the roll and you carry on down the road, uh, obviously it just shovels all of the snow, <laughs> oh, in, and it's actually quite seriously. So you essentially you can. If you've got a bit of speed yeah. on, you get you know, packed in. Yeah, totally. And then it, oh. you are essentially in an avalanche. Um, so that's one thing. But just on another note, I remember when I first went to this event uh, a lot of years ago, uh, and it was the the peak was minus thirty eight. That was the coldest uh, that we had on one evening. Uh, and you were talking there about the survival kits that they've got these survival suits and stuff like that, and and shovels and what have you. We went to the driver's briefing for that event when it was so cold uh, and they were given a list of which parts of the car to burn first. <laughs> Gen- seriously, Cole. Seriously, oh they, were, they were told. And the seats, uh, I mean, the seats, surely the seats wouldn't have been. <laughs> they're not great seats if they're, if they're flammable. But yeah, they were, and whichever bits you could take off the car to burn uh, and what wow. to burn uh in in those circumstances it is you know it's an extreme event uh and that's why you know we we've got to be so glad that we're going there because you know for years we've wanted this proper kind of winter rally and we've got it and you know hopefully when we go back to sweden next year which we will because rally sweden has a contract with wrc promoter you know we will not go back to torsby Yves maton has been very clear jean todd was very clear about that last year as well we can't and we won't and if Torsby is what Swede, the Swedes offer next year. It won't happen. Um, so well, I, no, I, I don't think that's that's entirely correct. We could go to Torsby, but we will have longer road sections. Yeah, we won't we have, have stages around. Heading but miles but north I don't. Day. You know, Maton tell, told me categorically, Colt, we will not be back to Torsby. We we really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. He said we, we won't. Wow. We, and I think that story should should be up on the site now, you know, because... Is that not I, problematical for the rally? Because their sponsor, I mean, their main sponsor is yeah, the farmland, farmland. farmland. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, the problem with going north, the problem with going north is that you move away from 
the population centres, yep. and your ticket sales plummet. Yeah. So I, it's, you know they have to find a way of including the Norway stages because they're pretty profitable for them. But oh, and, and and pretty much snow not guaranteed, but the snow on the Norway on the border stages has always higher. been decent. You're higher up, Colin. You're, you're, exactly. You have, altitude, you're, you're that altitude, much higher up. Exactly. Yeah. But you also, know, you know, we all if it's, there, if it's we'll, an organisation, you haven't found a way to include people in a COVID era. Then uh, you're you're doing something wrong. There needs to be a lot of movement forward on bringing people closer to the event when they can't get to the event. There does lease, but this you know for Sweden it's the perfect storm that if they have to go north, yeah. they look to somewhere like Ore or somewhere where we've all been testing up there. Uh, and and simply people don't want the rally because it's a ski area and uh, the accommodation's incredibly expensive and it's also they, full in February. They don't need it. No. They don't need the rally, David. No. They, don't, they don't need it, as you say, no. because people are heading up to that part of the world anyway. Yeah. You know, for their winter their winter holidays. Anyway, that's that's but, not, but that's that, not that's, the can, I, can I make one last point? One last point about that is it's 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 an absolute you know, for me, it's a big red flashing warning light for rallies like GB who have fallen off the calendar and who are going to try and get back on the calendar. It ain't going to be easy because, you know, the rallies that are coming in, as we saw last year with Monza, as we'll see this year with Ypres, as no doubt we will see with Rovaniemi, the rallies that are coming in are fantastic quality, entertaining events. If you lose your spot on that WRC calendar, be prepared to fight bloody hard to get it back but, again but in fairness to Sweden they haven't lost their slot you know they, they, they've been the first victims oh. this year of coronavirus haven't they you know they, it was because yeah, of the yeah, rising yeah. numbers but you're dead right Cole and this is why I feel a significant degree of sympathy for Glenn Olsen and his team this week because Absolutely. or next week because you know they, they've they've run an event yes it's been hit by the weather but you go back to 18 and we had great snow and everybody forgot for another year that you know we have these these difficult winters but suddenly you know they're they're confronted by this great event in finland which has it's going to tick every box that a wrc promoter and the faa want uh and you know it is going to be incredibly hard for for glenn and and the team to to come back Mm. from this but they've got they've got another year um to, to put a plan to, into to place. To be honest, there is there is one slight minus. Now all my Finnish friends might hate me for saying this, um, but th- this is not meant. This is not meant to say that the event is not fabulous. Because I, I I would love I'd love to see two winter, maybe even three winter mm. rallies in the in the calendar. The the one thing that goes against the, the the this Finnish classic is it could actually be too cold. I mean, you know, at what point is it too cold? You know, minus thirty five, minus forty is the same as when you get to plus forty. In the opposite extreme, you know, it, it's massively yeah, it's, difficult to survive. Is that not the WRC's DNA, though, George? Is that well? Not- I think it is. I, well, my, my my feeling would be that, but I'm just wondering. I just wonder that actually we can manage. And it, I mean, it would be for me, it would be brilliant. And then the teams that have got the good heated front windscreens that have got their heating system sorted out, mm. you, you'll be getting some cars that you know they get a hole in the floor from a stone or something stupid happens, and and. You get some snow in the car. You don't clean your boots off properly. Mm. The car will steam up inside. Yeah, you'll have a you'll have a miserable stage. I think these are great tests, and it's all part of the DNA of rallying. George um, Donaldson, who's going to win? Um, me, if I was doing it, obviously, <laughs> because I love snow so much. I I think. Um, can I say three different drivers? No, no. I hate you all. Um, I'm going to say. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money on a rank outsider here, and it's it's going to be young Mr. Evans. I think okay. he's going to do magically. He did awful well, uh, mm. awful well last year, and I think yeah. uh, I think we're going to see him do the do the marvelous again. 
I'd really, David. I'd, I'd, I'd love that. I'm I'm going to go with uh, with Oik Tanek. I think that good place oh. to start on the road. Uh, and yeah, I, I I he was quick in Sweden last year. You know, he he, he finished yeah. second, I think. Uh, you know, and he 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 would have struggled because you know he'd come off the back of that huge shunt in Monty. Um, but the speed you, we could see the speed was coming and coming. But having said that, you know, Sweden last year bore little resemblance to to Finland this year. But just before I sign off, Lise, I would just like to say that uh, there is a sensational entry uh, for this. Not in terms of numbers, there's not. I think there's only fifty five, fifty six cars. Fifty six, yeah. But we've got more World Rally cars than we've had since I think twenty start of the season in twenty seventeen. Uh, we have got ten drivers fighting for WRC2, of course, with Andreas Mikkelsen and Esapekka Lappi coming back. Uh, and we have 23 drivers in, in WRC3. Uh, so mm. it is, you know, it's 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 fascinating. All the way down uh, the entry list, there's, there's plenty. You know, there's Johan Christoffersen and Matthias Ekstrom, um, World Rallycross and DTM drivers coming back. There's there's heaps of stuff to get excited about. And uh, watch. If Rally, and, if Rally Radio had still been on, Colin would have oh, been getting Lisa. full value from his boots. Oh, which would have been. <laughs> yeah. uh, who, who, who are you going to tip, Cole? Craig Breen. Craig Breen, for me, you know, did an unbelievable job in Estonia. Everyone said, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him. How can he get into the car on a fast rally? Having been out of it for six months and perform, well, he did. How, I think he'll do exactly Colin, how can, he, how can he get into a car on a fast rally and perform after being out of the car for six months? <laughs> he can. He can. That's, that's for sure. Uh, and he's the one that's demonstrated it. So I think Breen will win. I'm going to tell you who's going to win R5 as well. Because I, I, I get, you know, WRC2, WRC3. I want to know the quickest R5 or Rally 2 car, whichever we're, we're calling them these days. Do you know what? I think that'll be a surprise. I think Emil Lindholm will shock us all there and will win that. What about Yeri Huttonen? Yari Huttonen has got every chance. Yep. Has got every chance. I, you know, for for me, that is the most open of, yeah. of the clearly the categories: WRC two, WRC three, fastest of the R five cars. There are there are a dozen drivers, genuinely more than that. There are maybe fourteen or fifteen drivers who could win that class. But I think Emil Lindholm is going to surprise a lot of us, and he will be the one to beat in that class. And well, I was the... persuaded into Cali uh, Rovenpera. By you, David. Yep. So that's Good. who I'm going for. That's, it's and a... we we could keep going. We could keep going. But we are we are ticking out of time here as I keep keep kind of uh, trying to remind <laughs> you. So, it, it, I mean, it's going to be exciting. Subscribe now if you're not subscribing already to the podcast Spin the Rally Pod. Thank you, George Donaldson. Thank you, David Evans. Thank you, Colin Clark. If you do want to get in touch as well, the best place, send us a tweet or hashtag us a tweet. Tweet us tweet is that what we do we do that yeah <laughs> at dartfish rally well some, done Colin some tweet more than others Lee. <laughs> they do <laughs> they very do what are you trying to say David Evans what are you trying to say what are you trying to say that cat fits very well <laughs> <laughs> it does it does it does Lisa thank you thank, thank you, you. Yeah, so lovely. thank you Lisa. cheers guys catch Brilliant. you later bye guys bye